Good morning and God bless you. Here we are live, another podcast day. Thank God for you. I finally got my wife into the studio here with us. Pastor Kim is with us. Uh, you're going to be hearing a lot from her today, but I want to get started. Share this, like our page. Hey, even take our YouTube page later on uh, and, and share a link to your Facebook, to your Instagram. Get the word out. Invite family and friends. We don't do this just to waste your time or waste our time. We are on an assignment and we're conveying information from the kingdom of God, from the word of God uh, to help you. We are truly living in some fascinating times. These are the last days. Uh, this is the last hour. First John even tells us uh, we, we are, are, are probably in, living in the most prophetic times that we've ever seen, biblically speaking. Most talked about in the Bible. Yes. You think about we're coming to, a, 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 I don't want to say an apex, but a conclusion of an entire dispensation. Uh, we've led up to this. Uh, if you even look look at and think about, even right now, the, the 4,000 years of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, uh, then we transition between Malachi and Matthew into this new dispensation of, of grace, of God, of the Holy Spirit, of, of Jesus, the Messiah. But now this door is fixing to close, and, and another dispensation is fixing to open. Uh, to me, that's fascinating. Well, let me pray. We're going to get into this. Uh, we're going to deal with some things today. I, I would just get people get on the phone. We're going to deal with some things today. We're going to break some uh, biblical religious myths. We're probably going to upset a few people by telling the truth, but we are going to help you today. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have ears to hear. Open our ears so that we may hear the truth. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us today. I thank you, Lord, that Kim and I would speak with extreme accuracy, that we would speak as the oracle of the Almighty in Jesus' mighty name. May we convey a message of truth in season, in this very hour, that would help many avert hell, that would help many avert uh, you know, this tribulation season, Lord, uh, may they come with us in the rapture because of teachings like this in Jesus mighty name, we pray. Well, uh, good morning, baby. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. It's so good to have you. Finally, hopefully we can do, I don't know, maybe like three shows together because this subject, these 22 verses that make up the book of Revelation, chapters, chapters rather, that make up the book of Revelation, uh, they cause so much trouble, uh, not only in the body of Christ, but in the world. And it's such a beautiful book that God's written to us, uh, not a book of trouble, uh, not a book. Now, if you're guilty, maybe a book of trouble for you because it reveals some things, but a wonderful book uh, to, to reveal to us uh, what's to come, how do we avert things and on and on it goes. I want to start off, I'm going to go into a few scripture because uh, what I really want to accomplish today is uh, the church knows, a lot of people know, uh, we've been married almost 30 years. We started the church 17 years ago. Uh, you know, we've, we've known each other since like fifth grade. Uh, but uh, some don't know this, that you're a severe uh, end time studier. Uh, you love eschatology. You, you read, I would dare to say, two hours a day and or watch videos maybe into three, four hours a day every single day to the point where I got to say, hey, babe, I need some of your time. Uh, but uh, I love that about you, and I want to get get the, the, the mic, get you on, and get you talking. But I want to lead into this. I said yesterday we're going to deal with a prophetic end-time timeline. So we got to deal with where we're presently at and then where we're going. Uh, so right now I want to give you three scriptures. I'll, I'll get you in on Luke 21. But the first one I want to deal with, and you look at these end-time cues or scriptures or that God's given us to prepare us. But the first one is found in 1 John 2.18. It says, little children, uh, uh, that is us, it is the last time. And as you have heard, uh, the Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. Now, when it says there are many Antichrists, there's many Antichrist spirits that are working, we see the Antichrist spirits of Satan, not the Antichrist, he hadn't been crowned yet, because according to the scripture, we're, we're withholding sure. uh, his, his uh, crowning, his you know being uh, dubbed the, the king of uh, all known uh, living world, and on and on it goes. However, that doesn't say that the Antichrist spirits aren't working. We see him working in the church. 
Uh, we, we see him working in humanity where we're trying to change gender as if God messed up gender. We're trying to change uh, sex has become so what God called you know, erotic, which is animalistic sex. There's no respect for a human being, no respect for a woman, no respect for a man. These truly are the last times. But then we get into the scripture that you like in, in uh, Luke 21, uh, 28. Uh, but before I get there, Second Timothy 3. I want to get into this one, and then we'll get into Luke. It once again says this, 2 Timothy 3, uh, 1 through 13. I'm not going to read 1 through 13. I'm going to read 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now, now the word perilous uh, is very clearly, the Greek for perilous means difficult, uh, hard times to navigate, uh, difficult times, problematic times. Uh, we're living in that right now. If, if you don't think there's problems, right. I mean, you look around. I mean, I, we pastor a church. Uh, we don't withhold the truth, but we have to be very careful on, on how we phrase things, what we say. Now, there's a, a demonic army that has been fashioned, uh, created by Satan against the very word of God and those who articulate the word of God. But those perilous times, once again, show us we're in a season. It is hard. Harder times are coming. You know, uh, we're going to avert them because the grace of God, the body of Christ. uh, But there are hard times. Then I want to get into this one, uh, Kim, and I want you to turn you loose a little bit. Uh, Luke 21, 25 talks about uh, a season of uh, uh, perplexity. So uh, talk to us. I know you know the meaning. I know you know the the Greek for that. But talk to us and how... Uh, that perplexity points to where we're, where we're at. What does it mean? And now, and then how is it pointing to where we're presently at on the timeline? Well, let's read that scripture. It says there will be signs in the sun, moon, and the stars, which, it, you know, you look at the blood moons and all there's, that's a whole nother teaching on blood moons and stuff. But the Bible says that signs are in the sun, moon, and the stars, and there will be anguish on the earth among the nations, bewildered by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and expectation of the things that are coming on the world because the power of the heavens will be shaken. Then they um, will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your head because your redemption draws near. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Every morning when I wake up, I walk outside and I look toward the east and I say, Lord, is today the day? Is today the day? Is today the day? Because it really could be any day. I mean, we see perplexity when you talk about it means we don't have any answers. There's no answers for the things that are going on. There's no answers. I think uh, just recently, like 85 tornadoes showed up in, you know, like, I don't know if it was in the tornado region or where it was, but 85 different tornadoes. Like, where are all these things coming from? Where are all these natural disasters and all these things happening? Why are they happening? And it's because we're moving. Well, let's talk about that for a second. You look at even, like, let's say like a a, a proverbial Pandora's box. The things that are out don't have an explanation other than end-time events. But there's no man has the solve to the problem. Like the government, we can't, we'll never, uh, let, me, well, let me ask this, can we ever fix this transgenderism or, or, or what, what is? Can we ever, can that ever go away? Honestly, I think the gap is too wide That's what I'm saying. anymore. There's These no things, way we can, we can bring that back together. No, it, it, we can never go pre, we can never go back 10 years. We can't travel back in time. It doesn't matter who we put in the presidency. It doesn't matter who takes place. We, first of all, you can't stop scripture. We can't stop prophecy. Prophecy is going to happen whether you know we do anything or not. The Lord has set into motion mm-hmm. what is supposed to happen, and there's nothing we can do about it. It doesn't matter if we elect the greatest, most yes. godly man. He might, things might be able to change a little bit in areas, you know, whatever but we're we're one pin drop away from falling apart the united states is anyway so so that would be another code another signal to the body of christ that the season the hour of perplexity meaning the hour of confusion i I have here uh, a porio which means perplexed bewildered confused quandary no answers and embarrassed at the problems we face I think America, especially. I mean, I think the if other nations. If we're not embarrassed, we should be. We should be. But uh, the other nations are 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 already ahead of us in evil, so we're just kind of now following suit. But I I think that describes plainly the hour in which we live. So we can already determine from what we've said with uh, those three scriptures. We have another one in Matthew twenty four. The end days will be like the days of Noah. 
people marrying, having parties, busy about life, uh, ignoring the tragedy, ignoring the events that are coming, even though they hear, even though they're being told, they just ignore it. Uh, once again, another signal, another end time signal, a beacon. God's blinking these beacons, these end time signals saying, get ready. I've, I've hid these in there for you. Uh, they should be an alert to you to get ready. I'm coming. We, these alerts have been made known by God. And we truly, like you said, like you tell me every day, you know, it could happen any day, babe. You know, I'm looking every day uh, where my help comes from. But also just like the days of Noah, God sent an ark to save these people, to save them from the tribulation that was coming, to save them from the flood that was coming. And so also the days of Lot, God got Lot's family out of Sodom and Gomorrah before he would rain down any kind of tribulation or any kind of fire down. He made sure that they were safe. God's going to do the same thing for his children. He's going to give it. He gave us a way of escape, which is the rapture. He's coming to get. Now, this is the rapture is not the second coming of Christ. Second coming of Christ is when he comes down and puts his feet on the Mount of Olives. When he actually touches the earth, everybody's going to know he's here then. The rapture is a private event. It's a selected, selective event. Only certain people are going in the rapture, and you will know if you're a Christian, truly a Christian, have Jesus in your heart and are living you know, out the scripture, living out the word of God to the best of your ability, you're going, but everybody's not going to know. They're going to think, what happened? I don't know what happened. And I think that's why, and this might be getting off the subject, but I think that's why like, now we hid area, of, what is it, Area 51, area whatever, we hid that for so long, didn't talk about aliens and didn't talk about UFOs, but all of a sudden, all that stuff is showing up again. Like now it's in the news and you can see it and people are videoing it. Well, I think that's probably might be the I, the the road that they go down when all of us leave in the rapture is let's give an excuse. Let's not anybody know that Jesus Christ came back for his children. Let's tell them that UFOs took them or let's tell them, you know, something else weird happened, but let's not let them know well, that the Bible that. is let's true. Let's get into that because you, you said, were you talking about the rapture? The word rapture is the Greek word harpazo, which means to be taken away or actually snatched it's away. an aggressive term to be snatched away. Uh, so uh, right now, there there's seven total raptures, according to the scripture. Uh, we, we presently are at the brink of the fourth rapture. The first rapture, of course, would, would be Enoch. Enoch. That's in Genesis 5.24 and Hebrews 11.5. Second rapture is Elijah taken in the chariot. Uh, Second Kings 2.11. The third rapture is Jesus, Acts 1.9, and prophesied through the, Old, through the New Testament. And then the fourth rapture is the church. Uh, and we see that in John 14, 3, Luke 21, 36, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, Hebrews 9, 28, Titus 2, 13, and Revelations 4, 1 and 2. Now, I'm telling the scriptures because a lot of people are going to challenge what we're saying, but we're just conveying the scripture. So that'll be the fourth rapture. Now, now before we get into what, what you were just saying, and, and uh, yeah, we're gonna, this is going to be an ongoing show. Uh, we're not going to be able to get all this out. Uh, but I want to read this. This is my little handy prophecy book. Uh, but but here's a question that I want to answer, and I want you to help me. It says, can we be certain that the rapture of the church takes place before the tribulation? Now, according to Daniel 9, 24 through 27, uh, Daniel clearly reveals the exact point at which the Antichrist Satan's uh, agent begins his operation in relationship to the tribulation. Uh, the tribulation is the last seven years of God's direct work to bring all of Israel back to himself. Now, we see it there, and then we also see it in 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 9, uh, where Daniel uh, establishes the Antichrist begins the assignment that Paul tells us that we, the church, are, with, are the withholder of the satanic plan of the Antichrist. So within those two scriptures, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 9, and Daniel 9, 24 through 27, clearly the Bible states that we will not be here. If you're a, 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 a uh, engaged Christian, a true Christian, God seeker, God follower, uh, when the horn blows, the, the tribulation will begin, will be raptured, but that will be the fourth rapture for the body of Christ. Talk about that for a few minutes. But Jesus Christ is going to come in the clouds. He's going to call his children back. When God says, go get my children, we're going to all go. The Bible says that he gave us a way of escape. And we just talked about like the days of Noah, the days of Lot. Those all, all those people had a day, uh, had a time to escape that where God took them away. Um, it's not like a, I think we look at it and think that it's, a, it's scary. 
right? It's not like when we talk about the rapture, we're not like sitting around a campfire talking about scary stories and stuff. It's like our, it's like our hope. Amen. You know, we, we have a blessed hope that we get to leave all of this stuff. We get to be taken away. We don't have to take part in all of this. We get to leave and go up to the marriage supper of the lamb. We get our glorified bodies. Thank God for our glorified bodies because our bodies are not the same today as they were when we were 20. Thank God that we get all that stuff, but we're, we don't have to be here. And I, there's a lot of controversy around um, pre-trib, Well, that's um, where I'm kind of going here. The Bible's very there's, clear. That, that we're I the, feel like it's clear, but some people don't. Some but people, I mean, we can only go by the scripture. So if the Bible within those two scriptures, and we shouldn't need 42 scriptures, God's word should have one singular word, and we should be able to hang our hat on it. That's faith. But but the Bible's very clear that we are withholding uh, this person, this we're perdition of sin. We're mm-hmm. the restainer, withholder. We're blockading. We're the opposition of the, the prophetic word that's to be fulfilled, and that is we'll be harpazos, taken out of the way. At that point, there'll be no no there'll be a resistance because the Holy Spirit will still have to be here uh, to help those that will receive Him in that seven year tribulation. But the great resistance, the body of Christ, the great resistance, the the body of Christ will be taken out of the way, and at that point, then Satan will be able to take his seat, his throne, in the person, the Antichrist. Uh, and it's at that point, then the tribulation takes place. Now, now, even after that, there's three more raptures the Bible talks about. Uh, but let's just stay here. Let me. Can I say this? And, and then you get ready just to go. Uh, moment one. I'm going to tell the church, moment one. We're taken out of the way. The dead in Christ shall rise. And if I get it off, you stop me. The dead in Christ go first. So those who have received Jesus, they went the way of the grave. Their bodies are going going to come together. They get a glorified body in midair. Uh, we on the 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 heels of the dead in Christ will follow. We're getting this glorified body as we're going into the into the heavenlies to meet Jesus. We'll assemble. That is the bride of Christ. Those who didn't who didn't leave, they didn't go in the apostasy. They they didn't backslide. They didn't walk away from God. Ten virgins, we're, we're, the five virgins. That, that are the example of are going in the rapture as the bride of Christ. All right. Now, now at that point, uh, airplanes are going to fall out of the sky because surely there are Christians flying airplanes. Sure. Uh, uh, trains may wreck because surely they're train conductor, conductors, buses, automobiles, police officers. Uh, Ships, uh, yeah, boats, military. military. I, I mean, you're talking about 8 billion people on the planet. Let's just say 3 billion people are Christians, 2 billion. I don't care, a billion. That's a lot of people that exit radically. So at that point in time, our world goes into this trembling. I mean, it goes into probably the darkest hour that humanity ever knows, except maybe for when God uh, brought judgment in the very beginning, Genesis 1, 1, and 2. We don't have time for that. But uh, when Satan came to the earth and ruined the earth. But except for that, that's going to be like a second event to that, where Satan's going to try to ruin uh, this very earth. at that point in time, tell us what happens. I hear about 144,000 Jews. Who are these Jews? What are they going to do? Can people be saved? Can people still go to heaven? You know, wars. Talk to me. So really, we're in the dispensation of grace, right? We already talked about that. So when the rapture happens, the dispensation of grace goes away. Then Jesus really, he's saving people under his extreme grace. Like these people don't really deserve, you know, they, they've all heard. They didn't accept. They didn't accept. They didn't accept. Maybe maybe the husband lives with a wife that's been a Christian her whole life, and she's been preaching to him, and she's been trying to win him to the Lord, and he just didn't listen, didn't listen. He still, after the rapture, God still has extreme grace and is willing to save still some of these people, still willing to save these people. 144,000 Jews are going to be marked on their forehead by angels, marked for the Lord. These are virgin Jewish men, they don't have families. They don't have any ties to the earth. Well, hold they on. Don't have any- so they're not married. They're virgins. They've, they've kept themselves pure. Yes. Okay. Kept themselves pure. They're going to evangelize. They're going to win nations. Multitudes of people are going to get saved. So mid-tribulation, after all of these people get saved, after the 144,000 Jews evangelize, there's going to be very many people. Some of them are going to get martyred. Some of them are still the going to be alive. The Bible says masses. Masses of people. Some will get martyred. Some will still be alive. But there'll be a mid-tribulation rapture where God takes those people away to save them from the wrath of the Antichrist that's getting ready to. So the first 
three and a half years, the Antichrist is about quote unquote peace. He wants to bring peace. He wants to bring, he signed a covenant with Israel. He's going to do all that stuff at three and a half years. He's going to break that covenant and he's going to reign. That's why the second half of the tribulation is called the great tribulation because not only is God judging the world, it's the wrath of God, but also Satan is turning, you know, all his forces loose and the antichrist loose to martyr, cut heads off, you know, whatever, um, starve people, whatever it is they have to do. But all the judgments that are turning loose, the, um, the seals, the bowls, the trumpets, every time the Lord allows one of those things to happen, it's the Lord allowing those to happen. So the first three and a half years of the tribulation is the wrath of the lamb, which is Jesus Christ. The second half of the tribulation is the wrath of God. I don't want to be in either one of them. However, <laughs> I don't know if I definitely so hold don't on, want to go, go through the wrath Wait, wait, wait. So the first three and a half years of the tribulation, Satan is acting like uh, he's a, a person of peace to win people, yes, the Antichrist. Peace. But you're saying the, uh, the Bible says that God's judgment is going to be loosed on the earth the first three and a half years in, in so much ways like uh, what you said um the the seals, seals different mm-hmm. things so are those going to be like plagues on the earth yeah they're going to be things famine that, well and and the bible says actually lest the lord cut those days short that people would not make it people would not survive so he has to cut it to seven and a half years he has to or seven years he has to make it short because it's going to be so much um wrath of god and torture and I just I wouldn't want to be here if 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 anybody is listening to this, and you have the ability to accept Christ before the rapture comes and it can happen any time, and you have the ability to accept Christ and you don't, I I I don't know. I feel bad for those people. I feel bad for people that don't really understand the love of Christ, that He would send His only Son Jesus to die on the cross for us, mm. to make a way for us, to redeem us, to buy us back to take us from the hand of Satan because we are, Satan was turned loose the day that Adam and Eve sinned, you know, that Satan was turned loose and had free reign over, over people at that point. If you, if God sent somebody to save you and you chose not to, and then God still has extreme grace. Okay. One more time. I'm going to try. And one more time I'm going to try. He's trying over and over again and people are just not accepting. And it's really a sad day. It's the same thing with Noah. Noah went out. He was the only one. He was him and his sons and they're, Shem, Hem, and Japheth. And their wives and, and Mrs. Noah. They're all going out. Noah's evangelizing and telling people there's a flood coming. There's a flood coming. How long did they drive past him and like mock him and laugh at him before they were just like, oh, that's just Noah. He's just, you know, whatever. How many days did they mock him? How many days do you have people in your life that you mock because they're Christians and you think, oh, they're just nutty. They're just screwy. These people, they're, you know, a part of the cult and they're you know how many days do you make fun of them until the day that they're not here anymore and then you realize oh my gosh that was the truth they were right i should have done that but anyway that was all for free but (laughs) 144,000 jews are going to evangelize the world and multitudes upon multitudes of people are going to get saved and the lord is going to rapture them out mid-trib mid-trib which is why people think that there is a mid-tribulation rapture which there is but it's not but for the bride of it's Christ. It's not the same rapture because Jesus doesn't come midair to get those people. They're just called up. Jesus comes midair to get us. The bride. The bride of Christ. Those people that go mid-rapture or mid-tribulation, those people are the guests of the wedding feast. Yeah, t- talk of the about bride that. Hold on now. So, so the Bible talks about. I wrote some things in my notes. Uh, about this we need to have a little audience we need to have about 15 people in here so they can ask direct questions because i know we're dealing with a lot but a lot of people are going to say answer this or you know tell us about this the but we see in here and i've taken some notes about it that those that go in the church rapture are considered the bride of christ that's the first rapture the fourth rapture Mm -hmm. Uh, they get a seat at the table as a as the bride or family, direct family, that we could say, the, those who go uh, mid trib are guests. Is that correct? Now, guests to the they're guests to the wedding feast. So I said this on Sunday. Got ahead of our, our and we're our not show. just making that up. That's up. That's in Revelations um, seven nine through seventeen. Revelation seven nine through Revelation. 17. Seven, nine, nine through 17. Through 17. Uh, they become guests. So I'm happy to be a guest, but why not be the, the person of honor, you know, 
Uh, why not be the person at the head of the table if that's available to us, r- rather than be a person that's just a, a second or a third? And thank God they get to be the guests. Thank God they don't have to live through the eternal torment wow. and stuff of the tribulation, and they're not burning and going to hell. Thank God that they still get to be a guest. But I'd rather be the bride. I don't know if we how much time we have, but let's talk some more. Let's get into this some more. So then we have the the fourth rapture would be the church, me, you, us. Uh, and, and then the great multitude at mid-trib, which is found in Revelation 7, 9 through 17. Uh, that'll be the three and a half years. And then the sixth rapture uh, found in Revelations 14, 1 through 5 will be the 144,000 Jewish evangelists. And then the Bible talks about two witnesses. And I don't, I don't know that I prepared you for that. Uh, there's a lot of speculation on the two witnesses, who they're going to be. Uh, many think they're Enoch and Elijah. Uh, because they they never went to the grave, uh, they were taken away. Uh, many think it's a spirit of those two, but however it is, there's going to be after the hundred forty four thousand do everything they can do, win all they can win. Those people are raptured. Hundred forty four thousand people are raptured, and then there's two witnesses left, uh, witnessing and, and once again trying their hardest to win people to Jesus Christ. Am I getting that right? Or are they witnessing to things to come? Who are these witnesses? I know I'm, I'm, I didn't prepare you for this. Well, I think they're probably doing a little bit of both. Okay. So then, but, I mean, to to the point for the two witnesses, to the point where the people are so mad about the things that they're saying, and so angry about the um, the message that they're bringing that they celebrate and send gifts to each other when they're murdered in the streets or when they're when they're killed in the streets. Like that's <sighs> people are that ungodly, and people are that. Um, against the word of God and against what's being preached that they're so happy that they send gifts to each other because the like celebrating that these people are dead and they leave them in the streets. They don't even move them. They leave them in the streets so that they're a witness to people. So people can see that they're actually dead in the streets. It's really sad that we get to the point where we celebrate evil so much that will come against the God, your creator, the person who loved you, the person who created you, the person who knows you the best will come against him and celebrate evil. It's going to be horrible. All right, let's let's continue on here. I think we're making a lot of. However, headway. we're not going to be here. So that's good news. <laughs> Let, let's talk about this. All right, so so we leave, and I'm just trying to get all this out. Maybe we can lay a foundation today, and then come back and dissect it, uh, you know, at a deeper level. All right, so so we leave. The Bible talks about two battles. The Bible talks about the Battle of Armageddon. Two hundred million man Oriental army that's coming after God's people, uh, Israel. All right, so so that's going to be the the last day's battle, the battle of Armageddon, the at battle the that the happened at the Valley of Megiddo, where Jesus Himself will return for the last time, uh, put His feet on the on on the actual dirt, wage war, and annihilate all those who oppose Him. But before that, the Bible talks about another war. Um, I don't don't know that we'll have time to exhaust this or even get to it uh, at a certain level. It talks about a World War Three, spoken in Ezekiel and Daniel, and they're two separate wars. World War Three, or this great war that's going to take place, and the Battle of Armageddon, because it tells us that there's two different uh, locations of these two different wars. So let, let's first look at the the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, the only thing now that that has been withholding are with restraining this battle. Number one is prophecy, and that's the body of Christ. But when we're taken out of the way, the only obstacle has been the the river Euphrates, which to my understanding, the full river Euphrates, they don't have access to bring ships to uh, to fight. They don't. They can't bring tanks to through under so on and so forth. Uh, so th- this river Euphrates ha- has been a blockade or a defense almost like God has set it up there. But, but now we see something phenomenal taking mm-hmm. place. We see prophecy unfolding before our very eyes, another end-time prophecy warning, that the river Euphrates will dry up. Why is it important that the river Euphrates dries up? Talk to us about that. It's going to be the highway for this 200 million man army to reach Israel. That's how they're going to get there. They're going to march down the river Euphrates. Could you imagine 200 million people? 200 million man army. So you think about like who has the ability to do that? China. China has people, I think Russia, if they combine forces, I don't know how they're going to go about it. I don't know the exact details of all of it. Well, Hilton Sutton always called, here, called it an Oriental army, uh, referring to uh, China. Yeah, China. Or the Orient people. 
<laughs> Oriental people. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, uh, go back to that. So they're, they're going to come through. They're going to have a clear march to Israel for the very first time. Uh, as, as they come through, they're going to have weapons of mass destruction. I, I hope this is helping. I, I hope this is giving some insight to everybody. Uh, but they're going to have probably the, the, the most severe weapons that we've ever seen. Uh, and they're going to come to try to wipe out the remnant of God, his people, the, the Jews. But when they come this time, God's going to show up. Oh, come on. Uh, the Bible says Jesus is going to show up. Uh, how's he going to show up? What's he going to do? Uh, you know, how, how is he going to combat this 200 million man army? Is there an army from heaven coming that's bigger? Is, is Jesus singularly going to combat this army? You know, well, I think the saints are coming back with him, but I believe, and I can't, I don't recall exactly, but I believe that it says he's going to wipe that 200 million man army out in one hour. Yes. With the word. You can think about this. We were just talking about this prior prior to uh, going live here. I'm trying to find it in my notes. Uh, but prior to going uh, live, we were talking about it, and it says that the power uh, in which Jesus will combat this army would be the power likened to a neutron bomb. I haven't mm -hmm. studied a neutron bomb. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, we have bomb atom bombs that we can kind of think about. And, and when I was a kid, they had this thing, they had TV commercials and shows because we were still, we were coming out of the, 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 the Cuban missile crisis, the threat of Cuba, but that was kind of lingering, even though Russia had left Cuba, but there was the TV shows and commercials that an atom bomb would really, uh, just disintegrate a human body while it was still on its feet. So, so the, the, the force of it wouldn't knock you back as much as it would just disintegrate your flesh to, to turn it into dust, annihilate you. And the Bible says here that, that the power that Jesus will use in Zechariah 14, 12, and this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. This is the 200 million man army. Uh, their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet. And their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongues shall consume away in their mouth. Wow, how horrific is this that he's going to release such a power, such a plague, uh, to, to like an atomic bomb, uh, you know, uh, level that is going to annihilate the very flesh, the skin, the bones, the eyes, that why they're still standing on their feet. These people are going to disintegrate words. from the word, from the mouth of our Messiah, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh, we're running out of time. We got we to gotta melt this down or, or, or shut this down rather. It's ain't melting. But uh, can I lead into next week? Sure. All right. Uh, world War Three. Is there World War Three? Where is this World War Three going to happen? Uh, is World War III and the Bar Battle of Armageddon the same? And the answer is no, indeed. Ezekiel 38 and 39 describe World War III. Zechariah 14, Revelation 14, 16, 19 describe the Battle of Armageddon. Now, they're, they're, they describe them in two different places. World War III is fought in the mountains uh, north of Israel, while the Battle of Armageddon is fought in the Valley of Megiddo. Now, uh, we'll talk about next week. These two, these two battles... Uh, according to what I see in the scripture, one happens immediately after we're raptured or, or within the beginning of the seven-year period. Uh, then the last day uh, battle would be the battle of Armageddon where Jesus comes back. Then, oh God, what a beautiful subject. Then you think about this. Then we start a thousand-year millennial reign. So we got to deal with that. Who's going to be in the millennial reign? You know, like uh, what's going to happen during the millennial reign? I know you have these questions. People have asked me, is Satan done forever after this battle? Can we just, can we just, can we just talk for a second? So uh, let, let, the millennial reign, the battle's won. We have all those who the 140, all those who chose Christ in the beginning, the 140, all those, the 144,000 Jews won. Uh, all those, the two witnesses win, and then Jesus comes back, destroys all humanity or or the the army that's against him. We don't know if he destroys all sinners at that time, but we know that he destroys the, that army, that 200 million man army. Now, Satan's locked up, hell's open, Satan's locked up, uh, those who oppose God are locked up into the pit. But then the Bible talks about, am I getting this right? Then the Bible talks about Satan is loosed 
for a short period of time. At the end of the millennial reign. All right, at the end of the millennial reign, Satan's loose. Why is he loosed? Tell the people why he's loosed. Well, there's still going to be people that made it through the tribulation that did not get killed during the tribulation. They're going to go into the millennial reign. So there's going to be all kinds of people still inhabiting the earth during the millennial reign. Then all of us are going to come back and reign on the earth with the Lord. There's going to be... Um, but at that time, there'll be great peace. Yes. So during the, the thousand-year millennial reign, the Bible says that he's going to take kings and priests from the first uh, rapture, the church, and he's going to set them over the, the, over the world to rule, not with an iron fist, to, but, but to, to rule uh, under him over the people to keep peace, to keep, you know, like a government of God. Which tells you that if we were like the saints coming from heaven that were raptured coming back, we're not going to be unruly. We're not going to need to be ruled. So there are going to be people who need to be ruled because they're going to be people that are coming from the tribulation that have made it through the tribulation. They're going to be maybe need there. to be schooled or, or, or learned. Not necessarily. They're just going to be people that have made it through that didn't get martyred or that didn't get killed. Maybe they didn't take the mark of the beast, but they didn't get saved. So they're still here. So they go into the millennial reign we all come back and we reign and there's going to be people that rule and reign over us, obviously. And then towards at the end of it, for a very short time, Satan is turned loose because we still, God never took away our free will. We still have the a free will. He and, gave us and the people love. who came out of the tribulation, the kids that were born in the millennial reign, all that, you know, we cannot have children because our bodies are redeemed. We're the glorified people. But the people that were still normal people that came out of the tribulation, they're still going to be birthing children. They're still going to be having children. Well, those people still have a, a right to free will. So when God turns Satan loose for a short time at the end of the millennial reign, he's going to go about deceiving these people who still have a choice whether to choose God or not choose God. They still have a choice. And then those people at the end of the millennial reign will all be cast into hell. So, so Satan's going to come back. Uh, so that these people can really make an authentic choice. They're going to have to know, just like we did, choose, oppose one, choose the other. Sure. And then at that point in time, it says a short period. It doesn't really tell us how long a short period it is, but, but let's just leave it as a short period where Satan will come back. He'll try to deceive. Those who he can deceive, he'll take with him to hell. Those who he can't deceive, they'll stay with us. And that, the remainder of that millennial reign, then Satan and all those who oppose God will be locked up forever. We are done with sin forever. We are done with Satan forever. We are done with demons forever. And then and only then we will occupy the new heaven and the new earth. And some say the new Jerusalem uh, where God will set up uh, his throne and will have access to him freely uh, for eternity. Uh, how wonderful is this? Another question I've, I've gotten asked. Uh, will we know each other? The answer is yes, because yes. we have to go by the Bible. Jesus appeared after his glorified state, and they saw him who he was, not his spirit. They saw him uh, who he was before he was crucified and after he got a glorified body. Will we be in relationship with each other? Uh, the Bible's not clear about that, so we can't speculate. It is clear that we're not going to reproduce at that point, at the new heaven and the new earth, it's kind of clear we're not going to reproduce during, after we get our glorified body. We don't know, and I don't want to, to, to mess people up, we don't know if we'll, we'll have male, female organs. We, we don't know those things and we can't speculate. What we do know is we, we've made it through all the attacks of Satan. Satan's gone and we get to communicate, commune with our God for eternity. Hallelujah. And I don't think we could be really any more clear, like we cannot tell people any more clear. If you are a Christian and you love Christ and you made him the Lord of your life, you will not be here Amen. for this. So it's not scary. We, you know, like everybody doesn't want to read the book of Revelation, a lot of it because they don't understand it, but because they feel like it's scary to them. You're not going to be here. And if you are here, it should be scary to you. This should be scary that this is what you're going to have to go through. But as a Christian who serves the Lord, you will not be here. Well, we got a lot out. Um, timeline of what's going to happen <laughs> very simple ending we'll end this broadcast here uh podcast uh we are very close to the beginning of the tribulation now some would say can you give us a date we can't we get in trouble from god with god because god tells us no man knows uh the hour but it doesn't say we don't know the season 
so you can say this, there's four seasons on earth that, that we got. We got fall, we got winter, we got spring, we got summer. Now, uh, within those seasons, they're brought up into months. So we can say each, we have a 12-month calendar. Uh, four, uh, each season's four months. That gives us 12 months, uh, roundabout, or three, three times four is 12. But if you look at that, we can then say if we said Jesus coming back in the fall, that would be a certain season. It wouldn't be the time, but it would be a certain season. So we are in the season that Jesus could come back. So I would say we are in months. And I'm not talking about 72 months. I'm not talking about 100 months. I'm, I'm talking about a few months. F- months. Now, he could, he could not. He could tarry. He can do whatever he wants. But I'm saying as far as all the, the biblical timeline of events, uh, I don't see anything. Now, I'm not I'm not an expert. I don't profess to be. Uh, you know, an, an eschatologist or an expert, you know, or the, the, the you know, everything ends and stops with me. However, I have been studying the Bible for almost 30 years, almost three decades. I, I, I don't see, and those who I study after, which would be Hilton Sutton, Kenneth Hagin, uh, Lester Sumrall, Dr. Mark Barclay, uh, uh, and, and there's others that we, you know, recently started studying, listening to, but, but I don't see anything withholding Jesus coming back. I don't see any prophecy that has not been fulfilled that's uh, stopping him from coming back. So the only thing that stopped him from coming back may be grace, maybe let's let a few more people, maybe preaching. You know, another thing I see that I don't see is a lot of people think there's going to be a great revival, an end-time revival. Uh, maybe there'll be a great end time revival where the body of Christ is revived and returns to their first love. But the, the only revival I see is in the tribulation where the 144,000 evangelists, Jewish evangelists, evangelize to such a point where it says the masses come. So that that's the revival that, that I think people were referring to and or have been speculating that God's going to do something great. You say, well, how do you know he's not? Well, the Bible talks about the the gate or the path to heaven, the first path, the first in the tribulation or the rapture, is narrow. The, the gate to hell is wide. Few go in the narrow path, and many travel down the wide path. Uh, so once again, that's, say that, that's the rapture, the first rapture of the church, the bride of Christ. It doesn't look like there's masses. Now, there may, there may be uh, billions, but according to 8 billion people on earth, that's not a lot. But I, I believe, once again, the majority of those people are going to come uh, in extreme grace uh, in the second, in the three-and-a-half-year tribulation uh, with 144,000 Jews. That being said, we're out of time. Let's get into this next week again. Let's talk about World War III. Uh, let, let's talk about what else can we face. Are we going to see the bank crash, uh, you know, before we leave? Are we going to see famine? Are we going to see, you know, what do we do with our money? Should we be concerned about that? World War III, let's talk about Armageddon in, in a little more detail. Uh, and, and then let's talk about, I want to go through our glorified bodies. You know, married, not married, knowing each other. Uh, well, you know, what do we get to do in heaven? And, and kind of get into that because the Bible is very clear about them subjects. So, wow, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, do you want to say anything else as we end? Just the last scripture I think that I want to give, and I don't have to find what the scripture is, but the Bible tells us to occupy till he comes. Amen. So we just because Keep I going. think he's, yeah, I don't know when Jesus has come back. Say he's come back in September. That doesn't mean we stop doing everything and just go run up our credit cards and buy houses we can't afford and cars we can't afford and we don't get married and we don't try to have kids and we don't do any, we still occupy and live on this earth until he comes back. We don't stop doing what we're doing. We still have souls to win. We still have a a life to improve. We still have, you know, people to help there. There's still bodies that need to be healed. And there's, you know, there's a whole lot of things that we need to evangelize. Yes. We We need to win people. We don't leave that till the end. Uh, We want to save those people from what's coming. We don't want to leave it to the end and hope that they get saved during the tribulation. Well, amen. Glory to God. I'd say this to you, uh, wherever you're listening from, if you say, Hey, I don't, I don't know everything, but I know I, I want to go in the rapture. I don't want to be left behind. If that's you, the Bible says, call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. It's very simple. All you have to do is you can pray with your eyes open. You pray with your eyes closed. But if you want Jesus, that's the one that can rescue you. There's no other person that was sent to rescue you from wrath 
than Jesus. Uh, he is the Savior of the world. So if you just ask him, Jesus, I, I want to be saved. Uh, I want to live for you. Uh, I don't want to be left behind. I give my life to you, Jesus. Help me. Come into my life. Uh, save me. Deliver me. Set me free. And I'll serve you the rest of my life on this earth. Uh, it's as simple as that. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Do that and then find a good church. Get discipled. Follow Jesus. Pursue him for the rest of your life. Until next next week, thank you, my beautiful wife. I love you. Love you, uh, love you church. Love you. All those are listening. Share this. We'll see you next time. God bless you. I don't. I don't know enough. I mean, you think about just. Then what are we going to do next week? We'll expound on this. You think about this, just for a second. Uh, If you think about World War Three, that makes sense. That right now, there's a stirring of war. There's a threat of war right now. If you think about it, so in the stir in the threat of war, even right now. Russia has joined with China. They've made an alliance. Turkey now, prophesied by Dr. Barclay, is now talking to Russia. It looks like they want in the alliance. A lot of people speculate that the Antichrist will come out of Turkey. So you begin to look at, we're on the brink of World War III now. I mean, it could happen any day, but according to the scripture, it, it, it doesn't look like it can happen. Like during, until we're raptured. Because this once would be a sign of, uh, and we'd have to look at um, uh, the, the growing pangs, the birth pains the Bible talks about. Uh, I think, well, let's look at the word tribulation for a second. Uh, the word tribulation is, is a cause of great trouble or suffering, a, st- a state of suffering. So that's going to be a, a great suffering if World War Three breaks out. So that would have to go, uh, have to fall under the tribulation. Wouldn't you agree? Well, when they start shooting off missiles and famine begins to take place in the land, that would very easily fall under the tribulation. But there are steps that have to happen in the tribulation. Like there's particular things that have to happen and things need to be, the Lord releases things. But the, the Bible says that we're going to go through tribulation. We're going to go through trials and tribulation. We're not going to go through well, the well, tribulation, no. but we will go through some things. I'm not saying that this war is something that we're going to go through. I think that we're going to be raptured before most of this happens. And even I don't, we, we need to really look about and talk about the Gog and Magog war because two different. Well, I think they're two, happened tw- two different times, but let's look at this for a second. Will Christians suffer great persecution in the last days? Now I'm reading, this is out of a question and answer book by Dr. Hilton Sutton. Now, this is what he says. The answer to this question is dependent upon one's definition of persecution. Actually, uh, Christians are already undergoing severe oppression or or opposition. In America, now this book, I don't know when when the date with this book is. uh, I I believe this to be written uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. I don't remember the copyright, but he, he says from that period of time prophesying till now. In America... Liberal congressmen and TV personalities have put together a number of committees to make the Christian a second-rate citizen. Now, let's speed this up to 2023. How much more every attack on everything on our planet today is against Christianity? Uh, Lesbian, gay, lesbian community, it's attack against Christianity. Um, uh, Rebellions, the wars in the street, uh, riots, attack against Christianity, the black and white race attack against Christianity. Everything is to suppress a Christian to make them a second-rate citizen. He said, with no right to, to participate in national affairs, battles have recently been fought concerning Christian TV. In, in addition, the American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, have become a definite adversary of the church. 
Such conditions in the countries other than America would cause Christians to be extremely hard-pressed. But in America, a Christian can lead a peaceable life, one which allows him to concentrate on godliness by obeying the Scripture and praying for those in authority. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. So back to the question, are, are we going to suffer great persecution? Now, this is what uh, Hilton Sutton's answer. I do not foresee the kind of persecution that the early church encountered, but a persecution of a more subtle, sophisticated nature. Remember, the believers are the glorious church of the end times. They will operate in more faith and knowledge than any previous generation. The church of the last days will have organized opposition, but will have far more godly power and influence than ever before. Uh, Note, Persecution never has come to cause the church to obey God. It has always become, always come because the church was already obeying the word of God. Um, then it talks about the Jupiter effect of the church, and on and on it goes. But I am to agree, I, I, I don't think we're going to see persecution as we saw in the early church to where they'd be boiled by oil, uh, no, beheaded, dismembered, famine. Uh, uh, I, I mean, if you well, famine is, famine affects more than just Christians. Famine affects a, a does, whole group of people, if, and so do wars affect a whole groups of people. Doesn't necessarily affect just Christians, which is why I feel like I don't know whether we're going to be well. Let's look. Let's just look at this then. Not, if so, when we're left, let's say if two billion people, let's just and, I, and I'm pulling that number. I don't have a calculated or a scripture to say, but I'm just saying that I think that's on the shallow side. But if two billion Christian people leave this planet, do you know what that does financially to the universe? You're talking about if, if just the money of the, of the people in the United States, the adults, uh, their money, their bank, bank, their funding, their bank funding, uh, that's what we do. We fund banks. That's all we do. We, help, we don't help ourselves. But our bank funding, our society funding is taken away. Uh, Everything crashes overnight. So what I'm saying is, is that can't happen, until, from what I see, until after we're raptured. Like, like the famine, uh, the different uh, the seals, and so on and so forth, it, it appears that that happens after the rapture. So we need to deal with this. We need to talk about this because a lot of people need to uh, get in, in, in line with and prepare and understand um, I have people right now talking to me about money, about saving money. Occupy. Do whatever you would do. So let, let's say this. Act like you would act if the end of the world was coming in 50 years, 20 years, or tomorrow. You act the same way. You, 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 don't, you shouldn't change. You should be more aggressive in your pursuit of godliness. Uh, but I, I would say I would not make uh, any radical financial changes or erratic financial changes I would occupy, and hopefully, uh, you can do the same thing uh, you've all, you've are, are always done. Wow! <laughs> Excuse me. Glory to God. <clears throat> what else can I tell you? Once again, this is a phenomenal subject. Um, I, I could probably continue to go. I do have a schedule today that I have I have to deal with at some point in time, but I I don't want this subject to breed fear in any way to anybody, um, you know, I, I do rather want it to be an enlightening subject for you. So God bless you. I love you. Amen. Hold that for me for next week. I'll listen to that before we go into next week's.